Uh, uh, <coughs> oh shit. Uh, today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by YouTube. <coughs> YouTube. We are still doing daily uploads on YouTube. Our haters were like daily uploads for a year, maybe a month. <laughs> well, guess what, haters? You're wrong. Because it's been two months. Almost. Been two months. And we don't have any signs of slowing down yet. Daily uploads for all the 2017. So go to YouTube, type in Natural Habitat Podcast, click subscribe, click like, click play, click comment, write comment, click post. Do all that. A lot of clicks, a lot of writes, Uh a lot of stuffs, but it's all worth it. Holy shit. All this good free shit. We get so so many episodes. So many. So much more room for activities. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Whoa, hey, calm down, lady. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Okay, I hired you to play piano. All right, I hired you to come in here and play piano, not to fucking talk. Okay, so you. Hey, you want to hear this again? You have a mic on your piano and not in front of your face for a reason. Okay, I I respect you trying to get your voice out. Maybe we could do that another time. It's not what I hired you for. So, just play piano, okay? Thank you. Jesus Christ, man. People just come in here and take liberties. I know, well. That's crazy. All right. Well, uh, we do have my mom's friend in here playing piano. Howdy, mom's friend. Her name's, uh... Diane. Diane, and she is going to be here scoring the rest of our ads. And then leaving, I hope. So, um, yeah, YouTube, go subscribe. Today, we are diving into the Pixar theory. This is something that has been around for a while now, but we never heard of it. That's true. (laughs) Until today, and I'm going to try to burp again right into the microphone. And now we have. Now we have. So, shut the fuck up, lady. God damn it. (laughs) Stop trying to talk. Look, you just need to leave, okay? You need to go. We need to start this. Let's do I it. I think we need to go. Mm-hmm. We do. We'll see you later. I do remember the force. I think I remember it. I also remember. I usually don't remember anything. No? You think you remember the force. That's the first time that you've actually remembered anything now that I think about it. I know. I think I, I think I remember it. Nice. Well, the force finally made it in to your brain and has a place to stay. Sweet. So, welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. My name is Mikey Booyah. My name is Force Feeder. What was that? Forest feeder. Forest feeder? Forest. Forest or forest? 
forest. You feed in the forest? Yep. Like a fucking, like a bear, you just like rip apart uh, berry trees? Does a bear feed in the forest? Are berries called berries because bears eat them? Um, That's a question no, for another they're day. they're very good. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Um, today we are going to be asking a lot of questions. <coughs> First question, unrelated to this episode, there's this new ad campaign that's going around, and it's been asking us a lot of questions. You guys have probably seen it. It was They had a Super Bowl commercial. Ever since then, it's been everywhere, all over YouTube, anytime you watch anything. Never heard of it. This question is, why... F- Stop at five or six stores oh. when you could stop at just one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, I like it. Now, this is a question that we've been pondering ever since this ad aired. And uh, I think I finally have the answer. What is it? The answer is yeah, you, you asked why would you stop at five or six stores when you could stop at just one. And yeah. that's exactly it. You hate your family and you have time to kill. So you're like, a couple more hours, the kids will be asleep, wife will be at the book club, I can come home and drink a beer, wait for her to get home, and hit her right in the mouth. Did I take that too far? (laughs) Pow, right in the kisser. Pow, right in the kisser. I think you're thinking of a different episode. Maybe. I don't know what episode that could be. (laughs) But Me neither. (laughs) Why stop at five or six doors when you can stop at just one? Yeah, I think that was the ad campaign for Walmart originally. Was it? I don't know. It makes sense, though, because Walmart killed everything. Yeah, it was old. I know that. Why shop at five or six stores when you could shop at just one? And then some sort of weird jump thing. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, it seems very Walmart-y to me now (laughs) that I think about the people that are in Walmart. Like me. You know? So, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to the bottom of that. If you have any reasons why you would stop at five or six stores instead of just one. Instead of just one. Let us know. Tell us all about it. So, uh, I got a new toy today. I'm going to talk about that because you guys are going to be hearing it a lot. What is it? This is a, um, I guess you would call it, it's an NPC, a soundboard, a uh, array of buttons. And there's just these buttons, and I can press them, and they do stuff like this. I thought you always had that. Well, I did, but now the buttons are bigger. And I have more things in here, like one of those. And then, you know, if if anybody comes in here and tries to fuck with us, we could just ninja around. Dang. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's more samples in here that I'm going to keep as a surprise. All right. But uh, if the show gets a little messy and a little like uh, like drive time radio format, like, yo, I apologize because <laughs> it's probably going to happen All right. for a while until I get used to it. Either All that right. or I'm never going to touch this again for the rest of the show. Meat and potatoes, Mikey. One of the two. You want to get down to the meat and potatoes? Meat and potatoes. Let's do it. What are we here for? We are here for the Pixar theory. Now, for people who haven't been introduced to this theory, the theory roughly uh, entails... A lot of shit. All the Pixar movies being in the same universe, for one. Just at different times. Yeah, just all different times throughout the universe. and <clears throat> that Which is crazy and reminds me of real life. Yeah, that's crazy in itself. 
Yeah, it's like a fucking... Okay, so, like, it's like... It's like they're trying to break through the fucking simulation. Mm-hmm. Just like we are. <clears throat> and we're gonna. Wow. We're taking that ladder, man. We're fucking taking that ladder, dude. Uh-huh. King Kong and that shit. We're gonna get there. What if, uh... What if we are the ones to break through the simulation? You and me. That would be sick. And we do it like... I, I got news for you. It would never be you and me. No? Because I wouldn't do it. Well, we, <laughs> we, we wouldn't do it intentionally, and we wouldn't do it with any sort of travel or movement. We would do it uh, by asking the right question. Like, why stop at five or six doors when you can stop at just one at the right time? And then, boom, it's over. Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these movies take place in the same universe, according to this theory. And if you follow the timeline of the movies, when they're all set, there's clues and hints in all of them, then you realize that the whole flow of this universe is that humans have destroyed the planet, uh... Inanimate objects have become sentient through magic, and it's some sort of war between the animals, toys, machines, and humans. And shit gets crazy. So we're gonna like try to explain that and make some sense of all that, because that sounds a little crazy. But you've heard all these things in the Pixar universe. You think it's Toy Story, Cars, blah okay, blah well, blah. I've seen every one of these movies. <clears throat> Except for the first one, Brave. So this and that first is one, the key movie supposedly. Brave is like the one that starts it and finishes it. Yeah. So, I guess it doesn't make sense for us to be doing this because we haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's all right. We know our, we're gonna give it our best shot from what we know. We know all the vital points that you need to look out for in Brave. We shopped at five or six stores. Yeah, that's right. We didn't and go to just one. And we found the rest at one. Yeah. We found everything we needed at the one store, which is where we should have gone in the first place. Walmart. Damn it. <laughs> so, uh, Brave is a newer movie. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, what? Wait. What do you got? You gotta, uh, if you're going to read it, you got to play this. Oh, shit. You're right. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to cut all that out. So it'll be better for dramatic purposes, okay? So the first movie that starts off the whole timeline is Brave. Now, Brave is a movie that was made recently. It's not a very old movie in the Pixar universe, but this is set in the earliest time in that universe. So if you were to do... uh, Canonically? No, canonically is the way it's released, right? Chronologically. Chronologically, this would be the first movie. It takes place in the 14th to 15th century. All right? It has a, uh, a lady, some girl from medieval Scotland, and she runs into an old witch. Now, this witch is really what ties this whole theory together because... This witch will show up again at the end of this timeline in Monsters, Inc. So this witch has a lot of abilities to make inanimate objects uh, 
you know, move around, give them life, give them personality, along with animals. She turns a dude into a bear in this movie, supposedly. Uh, makes the brooms fucking gum up, gum up, come up and fucking dance around and also gum up with stuff because there was a lot of gook on the ground when they were, well, whoops. <laughs> there is a lot of stuff on the ground, a lot of guck on the ground when, they were, when she was sweeping it. So this movie started it all, all right? Fifteenth <laughs> uh, to fourteenth century, and this is what introduced magic into the Pixar universe. I wish it had more of the facts right here next to it because um, it shows more in the video. But um, like how she's carving into the wood <coughs> and then carves a picture of Sully. Yeah, it actually in, in it's the wood it's and, at the at the very bottom of this timeline. It talks about the witch in Brave. She has a carving of Soli. She also has a pizza delivery truck that I believe is from Toy Story. All right. And uh, she also... So we'll get to it, basically. Yeah. And she okay. also is obsessed with wood, which is what the door... Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay, so basically the first part is in, just because it's it's the... First introduction of animals personified as humans. Yeah, and this is when... Animals with human traits or something other than human acting like a human. Exactly. And this is how... This explains how the magic got into the universe and why everything is the way it is in this Pixar universe. It's because this old lady was magical as shit. Now, where did this old lady come from? We don't know. Actually, we do. You don't know yet. We're going to get to that. Okay. So, the next one in order is... Rolling down the street in my 1960s <laughs> Incredibles. <laughs> in your 1960s Incredibles. That's right. The next movie is The Incredibles. Now, this movie takes place in the 50s or 60s. 1960s, that is. Mm. And The Incredibles are a family of superheroes... They are like, bam, 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 kicking ass, punching people with super strength. One of them's really fast, I think. And then, there's a bad guy, right? His name's Syndrome. And he creates these inventions that use zero-point energy, and it's pretty much machines that are used to eradicate the superheroes. So, this kind of starts showing the rise of the machines. These machines were created by uh, Syndrome or whatever the fuck his name is. Mm -hmm. And this shows the very first point of where machines were created to take out human beings. And that's a reoccurring thing that we'll see throughout this timeline is uh, like the negative outlook on the human race. Like, and a lot of these things, humans are bad. So, so, okay, so. It's okay. And... In Brave, we got to see animals be personified as humans. Now, in The Incredibles, way later in the timeline, is the first time that we see machines take on their own personalities. Uh -huh. And have human-like traits. Via AI, artificial <coughs> intelligence, or whatever. Mm -hmm. All right. And another thing... 
that is uh, constantly popping up in here is by and large. Now, we're going to get to that later in some more movies, but that is a big corporation that has a lot to do with making all these machines. All the way down to our next movie, which is dun, dun, dun. Toy Story. All right, so Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear's battery pack, you see it in the movie, is made by BNL Industries, which is by and large. Now, this is a huge company in the Pixar universe that makes everything. It creates all of these toys, creates all these machines, creates the world that we live in. It is our, uh, you know, what's something that's equivalent to that in real life? What would by and large be? Apple. There we go. Apple. A play is what they call it in theater school. For sure. (laughs) Wow. And, uh... Yeah, so this was our in, this is our introduction to by and large with Toy Story. And <clears throat> Toy Story one and two showed the first signs of life in inanimate objects. So first we had animals in Brave, second we had machines, now we have straight inanimate shit. Like Woody and Buzz Lightyear don't have mechanical parts inside of them that make them move like machines. You know what I mean? And then they pretend to be real. This is straight magic that we're seeing. And you know what's happening for real in the universe because they are moving around. They're affecting shit, changing things. You know what I mean? It's not just kind of like some imaginary thing that's not actually happening in real life in this universe. You know what I'm saying? All right. Timeline is 1997 to 1998. Yep. So this is uh, a good 40 years after The Incredibles. Alright. And this also could be based off of Syndrome's thing that he made in The Incredibles and the zero point energy thing could be all tied together. Yeah, they're saying this is why these things can come to life. Mm -hmm. And we also find out that sentient objects follow a code of rules and that they thrive on human love. So this is kind of like a positive, you know, we're good, humans love us, but Toy Story was a fucking sad ass movie. Especially like Toy Story 3. Was that the last one that they made? Yeah. That shit was way sad. Because the kid grows up. Nobody wants to play with the toys anymore. And the toys get all pissed. You know, but we'll get to that. But it was definitely a deep fucking movie. A lot of these are. And then in 1999, Toy Story 2 came out. And that's where we learned about the motivations of the toys. And that if they're isolated from humans, it's bad for them. They start getting all crazy and shit. And they also start getting resentment to their owners that discarded them. Now, this is a bad thing. Things start okay, going negative. It says, yeah, it says isolation <clears throat> from humans is lethal, but museum interaction is considered utopia, which is like only for a certain amount of times people look at you and you still don't like, you know, that's still really not interaction either so it's like a weird thing right yeah it's like a weird like one dimensional thing like okay so like if people are paying attention to you in a slight way like just looking at you on a daily basis or whatever that's enough then not being played with yeah you know it's like a tiny line yeah it's crazy so they're just fucking 
begging for any sort of human interaction and love because we'll actually find out why later, but it's more important than just, I mean, it says that they thrive off of human love, but it's kind of more important than that. So the next movie in this list is Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo is a fucked up story about a guy who finds a mentally handicapped fish that helps him find his lost son because he's a negligent parent. They make it into a dentist's office at one point. There's a stork. They ride in his mouth. There's a big boat. Uh, the, the seagulls go, mine, 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 mine. These are all things that happen in this movie, okay? So, in Finding Nemo, this is when we first witness the growing intelligence. 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 I'm not getting any more intelligence, <laughs> that's for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> of an okay. underwater network of fish. So... Now we're getting back into animals, like in the beginning, right? Yeah. And they're starting to learn. If you think about it out of the context of the feel-good movie and you look at this fish, Dory has the ability to read and speak whale, which shows a jump in the animal's evolution, <laughs> which is crazy. And it yes. might, you know, it's dumb. She's like, but it was good. it's for real. She was yeah. really speaking whale. <laughs> yeah. So... Now they're getting even smarter. It's not just like, hey, guys, I'm a cowboy and we're alive. I got a snake in my boots. Now they're speaking different languages and shit. So, yeah, it says that basically that's saying that they're evolving more by her abilities to get to that point. Yeah, and they have a growing animosity towards humans for polluting the environment and stealing fish and putting them in cages. So this is where it's starting to get more negative. It did that in Toy Story 2, where they started getting pissed at humans. Now the fish are mad at humans. Yeah, trip on that, right? Yeah. So two, two dimensions now. Yep, and we're the bad guys animals, in these movies. Animals and toys and machines, all three so far, hate humans. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Yep. Imagine, like, it's not hard to imagine, really. All right, and then... Oh, shit. What happened? I lost my MacLeod. Oh, no. I lost no. my MacLeod. There it is. No, not the MacLeod. And then, next in this... Oh, wait. Finding Nemo was 2003 is when that took place. 2003, yeah. In the timeline. Jump yeah. to 2007 with Ratatouille. Ratatouille is about a rat that lives in a restaurant and he cooks things for tiny little animals and they have just, a tiny mini restaurant inside of the restaurant. He just wants to cook. He just wants to cook. So what he does is he jumps on top of the head of the cook, the chef, and he uses him like a puppet and makes him cook a bunch of things, feeds things to the people, and then they go, ah, there's a rat in the kitchen and everybody freaks out, but it's okay. That's kind of how that movie goes, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So Ratatouille was showing how animals were becoming more and more, uh, more and more bold, and they were taking more chances. He literally did uh, use a human as a puppet, stand on his head and pull his hair, fucking move his arms around and shit. True that he did do that, <laughs> and uh, they actually started interacting more and befriending humans. But, yeah, like, 
you know, yeah, like controlling them, mm-hmm. basically. Exactly. Without, without them knowing, really, you know, like basically, like they're the puppet masters now. Yeah, right? and they, uh, you know, they fear and hate humans, but they became the puppet masters, right? They kind of like this is where everything starts getting smarter than us. So if you add a graph of intelligence of human beings and animals and machines and inanimate toys, they're starting to rise up above us now, and we're fucked. We're just some dumb dude buying vegetables. Yeah, it says here that um, they also witness humans reacting to the intelligence of animals for the first time. So people are just now seeing it in 2007, but it's shit's been happening since the 50s and 60s. <laughs> and they're just now noticing in the universe, yeah. like, hey, this is weird. That's crazy. That's power. You know, like, that's superpower. It's like... It's like, you know how nowadays nobody even like looks up at the sky anymore. Like everybody's just busy going to where they got to go, looking at the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like there, we could have a, we could have, we could be invaded from in the sky. Yeah. At, at any point in time, nobody would ever see it coming yep. because people are just zoned out and in tune with other shit, you know? So like. Nobody really sees anything going on around them. It's just all a blur. It's just all a fucking, you know, everybody, each person individually is in their own little world. Yeah. I heard that, uh, did you know that people that, that study the sky or own telescopes, things like that, actually see less unidentified objects than people who don't because they understand what they're looking at as opposed to other people that are ignorant to shit? Like, I remember one time I was outside, and I was just standing out in the street. My neighbor comes out, and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, watching the moon rise. Like, it's coming up right now. And she was like, I didn't know that the moon moved in the sky. And then walked away. And I was like, bitch, you're 30, and you didn't know that the moon moves in the sky? Are you serious? <laughs> what? <laughs> she, it's like she didn't get it. She didn't understand it. She was like, huh. So it like rises and sets like the sun. And I was like, yeah. And fucking she like had no idea and didn't care. It's not like it blew her mind. She was just like, oh, whatever. I don't know why you're watching that. And it's like people have no interest whatsoever and don't give a fuck about what's going on up there. Yeah. Most people think it's fake. Yeah. They think it's like the Truman Show and that they're looking at like a painted ceiling. That's a scary thing that, that, uh, more that that shit's becoming more and more popular that flat earth and like all this shit is becoming more and more popular in mainstream all the time mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous it's pretty intense it is it definitely is okay so 2007 that's where we're at right yep and now 2010 brings us yeah. toy story 3 now this one's sad and if i cry when i start explaining it i'm sorry Okay, 11 years after the events of Toy Story 2, this is where we find the morality of sentient objects being addressed yet again. All right, so you really see the side of the toys, the resentment towards humans. There's uh, there's Lotso Huggin' Bear. You remember the big fucking purple bear? Mm-hmm. And he's all dirty and shit, and then his owner got like a new one. And he's like, yeah. what the fuck is this shit? And he had that anger in his eyes, like a like the mafioso, like you killed my mother, like kind of anger. And he was just like, 
And I was like, this is a kid's movie, guys. We need to calm down. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then uh, it says that there's a by and large batteries in fucking Buzz Lightyear. Yep, this is where we actually see the by and large corporation and that they're on his batteries, but that means that they made him initially. So by and large has been around for who knows how long, probably back in the Incredibles days. I'm sure that there's a reference in there somewhere. What, what do you think they're really trying to say in that? You know, like they're showing, they're they're showing how like toys are having to make a moral decision, and like what they should do, what's like right or wrong. Yeah. Should they fucking not give a shit, or should they just wait for like the next person and and like start over again? start the whole process over again with a new owner and like you know it's like uh it's like it's like any person's like moral quandary uh-huh. you know what i'm saying it's like everybody deals with these type of things and so what, what do you do you think it's like a play on like itself or like religion you know like you think who knows uh yeah, it seems like it could be. It could be like a play on religion because humans are like these these like powerful beings in a lot of the beginning of these movies. They're the ones that provide us with stuff and they're the ones that take care of us and they're the overseers and they're watching us and like all these things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it always turns into that it's not what you thought and there's this whole other world out there outside of the control of this human being that is like a god and then you fucking run away and go do your thing so it really could be and it also could have a lot to do with you know pixar is making movies that are for they're for children and for adults when you watch them pixar is you know really good at that and i think that they're also making movies for their growing audience they know that there's kids that were you know in their young teens when toy story came out or that were i mean i was like 10 or whatever when toy story came out maybe not even and then now that toy story 3 comes out in 2010 they know that these same kids are grown up and that they're in their 20s they're working through life's problems and they know what it's like to be an adult and they know that it's not all sunshine and candy like how it used to be portrayed in these movies so they kind of grow with the audience. Yeah, I think that's I think that's smart too. That they had to, you know, they didn't really have a choice. They had to like continue to grow and show the whole cycle, uh-huh. really, because you knew it was inevitable. You knew by like the first two movies, you see the growth rate. Okay, obviously the third one, it's been so long in between. There had to have been like that gap, right? It only made sense. They did it right. Yeah. And allowed like the actual time gap, and then now all of a sudden you see like the end cycle, the ending and new beginning cycle of the toy's life, mm-hmm. which is like metaphor for like real life. It's a trick. <laughs> oh shit! All right. <laughs> Next on the timeline is somewhere between 2011 and 2016, and that is. Up. 
Up is a movie that's really sad at the beginning. Guy's wife dies, and then he gets like all fucking angry and inside of his house. And then he builds a whole bunch of balloons. I guess he doesn't build balloons, he just gets balloons. Fills them all up with helium. Shoots them out of the top of his house, and they carry his house up. But well, unbeknownst the to him. The was trying to kick him out, remember? That's right, they were trying to get him out of his land and shit. And unbeknownst to him, there was a Boy Scout on his porch at the time. So they become homies. Now, what's important with this is that it shows a jump in the evolution of the animals. Because this is where his dog is given a collar that helps him talk. Mm -hmm. Gives him a voice. Mm -hmm. Which that is because of humans. So humans did that and made that jump in animal evolution. And uh, he's also trying to train an army of dogs? Uh, no, the other guy did. The other guy, guy did. Bad guy. Bad guy, army of dogs. That's right. Sure. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot parts of a lot of these movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the corporation that tries to get Carl out of his house in the beginning of the movie, is, by and large, BNL. The same yeah. corporation. Yep. That's crazy. That so, like, it's all starting to make sense now, huh? Right? Uh-huh. And, by and large, is definitely huger towards the end of the timeline, for sure. So, he was just holding on because of his wife. His mm -hmm. wife passed away. He was just trying to keep the house. And then it becomes unavoidable. So he floats the motherfucker somewhere else and lets them have the spot. Yeah. And goes to where they always wanted to go. And then com gets confronted by this uh, smart dog race. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I guess the tipping point, it says, you know, for when animals become like a thing of their own. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. As fuck. So, next in the timeline, we're going to jump a little bit. This was 2011, 2016. And now we're going to go to 2100, 2200, somewhere in between. And that is for a movie entitled Cars. Now, Cars is a futuristic movie. What happened is that BNL has taken over the world and they uh, they provide a way to meet every human need and move humans off of the planet. Now, what happens when humans leave the planet is that the machines sort of do like a takeover kind of thing. They take up the role as Earth's dominant species and this becomes the world that we see in cars. Everything looks like it was built by humans. It all has the same kind of like human qualities. All the buildings and all that shit. But all the doors are big enough to where cars can just drive in there. And cars are working behind the counter and shit. But for the most part, everything looks like it was human built and then altered a little bit for the cars. Yeah, so it says like, it says it shows a commercial in Wally -E that explains like what happened in the timeline that we missed uh -huh. about how everything expanded like crazy and then kicked the humans out or whatever, like you said. And then it skips 
forward to like where the car's timeline is and then it just shows like an empty you know yeah and that is really weird too you know like when i first saw cars when you first saw cars you know i bet you know we all wondered a similar thing like it's crazy who builds these motherfuckers uh-huh. where, where did all this shit come from because they do do a lot of stuff themselves you know like pave their own roads and fucking build their own places after a certain point they have their you know throughout the cars thing they have their own like teams race teams and they like are fully like they have trains planes helicopters fucking everything they got all the shit you know what i mean they they got everything they need yeah which is nuts yeah it's a trip and you don't even think about it when you watch it as a kid or the first time but uh it's like yeah somebody had to build all the shit and you you see it as a different whole different world but if you think of it as the same universe the same thing on the same planet happening then it's pretty insane and it's pretty much what is already happening in this time that we missed that we find out in the commercial in wally is that consumerism ran too high everybody's needs were filled everybody wanted more and more and we bled the planet of its resources. And that's why we had to leave. The cars took over. And it likely took place six or seven hundred years before the events of Wally. And this is what polluted the earth for Wally, which is next in the line. But all these cars living on the planet as people driving around, doing all their things, just over-polluted the shit out of everything. That was showed by Cars too. Yeah. So they actually addressed that shit, which is crazy. And that brings us to... And there's another one coming out. I'm curious to see what happens in that one. Cars 3? Yeah, that's see, gonna be sick. And that's what's cool is that they could always make shit and just kind of put it into the timeline. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. And explain more stuff like Star Wars. All right. So, a little bit later in the future, 2800, 2900, we have Wally. Now, Wally, I haven't seen yet, but it is going to be our Saturday matinee, I think, I believe. Yeah? Saturday matinee? Wally? Yeah, Wally. Okay, we're announcing it now. Wally. Now, this movie gets real as fuck. By and large, has taken over by large. And they uh, put humans on autopilot. They uh, have everybody in these little wheelchairs that are fucking zooming around, doing their own thing. And Wally is left on the planet to clean up everything by himself. So it says, centuries after machines lose Earth to pollution, Wally liberates the humans from the autopilot and saves the last remaining shred of plant life allowing machines, humans, and animals a second shot at building a sustaining world. So, Wally saves the motherfucking world, y'all. Yeah, yeah. We're about to find out later, but, yeah, this is all fucking, it's crazy. So, right? so Wally seems like he is one of the only, one of the only things, machine, animal, or otherwise, throughout this timeline, that actually cared enough about the human race to do something that actually helped and changed the outline of the universe. Everybody was gone. And at the end of the movie, he brought humans back to Earth with the last bit of plant life. 
and gave us a second chance to start over, which is some gangster shit. Nobody else did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cards didn't do that. They fucked up the planet. Yeah. Fucking assholes. All right. And next. This, next on uh, this. We got around 3,000, the year 3,000. A Bug's Life. Now, A Bug's Life is a movie about bugs. Everything's really tiny. They got little tiny cameras in the grass, and these bugs live their life, and the guy's like, I don't want to be a worker bug. And then he's like, I want to do something with my life and be with these cool guys. And the cool guys are like, you can't hang with us. And then he's like, bam, and they're like, man, you're pretty cool. And then he falls in love or something like that. That's how a bug's life goes. But that's not the most important part. The most important part is that this takes place in 2898 or year 3000. This is uh, this shows how the insect world has managed to grow along with the new world. There are a couple references to humans, but they're not seen or feared by the bugs. And their societies are super advanced. So not only can they talk, but they have cities, bars, invent things, and they have a whole society and culture in the grounds as ants. And it's not like, you know, ants are smart. Ants make these crazy things. They fucking do all this cool shit for the queen. They work their asses off. But this is like, they had a bar with like a band and like we're selling drinks and shit. Like, this is actual sentient ants. And that's what the world has come to. After all this shit, humans came back to the planet, started everything over. This is like year 3000, and this shows how far the magic has progressed to where even these little tiny life forms are super complex. So you can imagine how crazy everything else is. Right. In every, in every life form, in every circle, everything has its own little universe and coexistence. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that and brings I- us to the final piece of this timeline. You know what that is? Yep. Tell him. <laughs> Monsters Inc., y'all. What happens in Monsters Inc.? Do the a thing that I did. Make it up. <laughs> a lot of shit happens in Monsters Inc. I'm not going to make it up because we don't have time. Okay, so it's two guys. They're sitting at a place. They work there. One has, hey, can I use your odorizer? Do you want wet dog or dirty garbage? That happens. They scare people. So what shows... What it shows in Monster Inc., this is 4,500 to 5,000 is the year. Distant future, animals have evolved to replace humans, and now it's some sort of... As the dominant species, it says. Yeah, they're the dominant species on Earth, and it's some sort of animal-monster-human mixture. This is the future race. Like when National Geographic showed like the future race, what everyone would look like. Exactly. It was this, if you would go all the way to 5,000. And this actually touches on a lot of things in the universe. They touch on um, how humans are a source of energy. They have no humans, so they have no energy. And they create these doors that are actually four-dimensional portals. Time travel doors. Yeah, they let you travel through time. Which we didn't know. We thought it was just... We thought it was just travel to different places on earth mm-hmm. but it's actually places in time on earth yeah and that's what uh th- did you hear neil degrasse tyson recently talking about it 
they were talking about Monsters Inc. on that interview we did with Joro, and he was saying how they did a perfect job of creating a fourth four dimensional doorway, and that that's exactly what it would be like if you had a closet and you were running out of room and you had a bunch of boxes in there. You could stack them in three dimensions, but if you had a fourth dimensional door, you could open the door. There would be nothing on the other side if you walked around it. It would just be a door, like in Monsters, Inc. Yep. But you walk through it, and it'll bring you to another place in space and time. So it says eventually they get to a point where they can power their shit from love instead of um, human screams or whatever. Yeah. And so that's basically what the whole story breaks down to. Because that's like, where it started was with Toy Story and the human love yeah, no, everything. Everybody had love in in every scenario. Yeah. Because even Wally was in love with another robot, and that's what gave him the courage to fucking do everything, to clean everything and bring everything back, because that robot went with the humans. Uh-huh. The one he loved. All right, all right. You know, so, like, in each story, it's really about love. That's what it breaks it down to, full circle. And basically, like, love powers everything. And they had it wrong for a while. They were scaring him and using the fear. Because yeah. they thought that's how they would get the energy, but you get a. I want to say they found out they got even more energy from love. Yeah. Even more. So these doors are one of the main things, as well as Boo, who is the little girl that they take from the door into the monster world. And if I. If I'm. If I'm correct on this, they. Also couldn't find her door at the end of it, and they put her into another door. And they were like, this will just bring her back to her world where she belongs with the people. So there you go, and just put her in there. And where she came out was in 15th century medieval Scotland. In Brave. In Brave. And she is the old lady witch in Brave, grown up. She was looking for Sully, trying to get back to whatever world she was, the monster world or whatever world she was trying to get in. And she got stuck in this place. So she becomes obsessed with the wood, which is what the doors are made out of. Starts using the the willow wisps to make everything magical and kicks everything off. Yep, and then... These are all compiled, the theories are all compiled from like movie to movie, from time to time, and and it's been added over time to get to where the theory is now. So we'll see this year and next year throughout the next few movies that come out what else is tied into it, and maybe it'll explain a little bit more. That's right. The Pixar theory. It's gold. I'm excited. We'll see how real it is. And like, you know, so far every movie continues to back it up, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. So, if uh, if we missed anything that you know pieces from this Pixar theory, then let us know. And also, uh, let us know why you would shop at five or six stores when you could stop at just one. <laughs> All right? We love you. All right. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> Peace. Natural Habitat Recordings.